One of the top players in the class of 2024 is announcing his commitment on Saturday. Will TJ Capers be a Miami Hurricane? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday. I'm Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, yeah, TJ Capers, he's already set to announce a verbal commitment tomorrow, Saturday. Uh, Jan- I forgot what month it was. January 7th? I was about to say December 7th. Woo! Sure is Friday, isn't it? So, TJ Capers five-star edge rusher in the 2024 class. He's listed by most recruiting services as an outside linebacker, and Charlie Strong is his primary recruiter out of Miami, and he's going to be announcing his commitment during the All-America Bowl. And this is interesting. Despite the fact that Capers is not only a Miami-area kid, he also happens to attend the same high school Columbus High that Mario Cristobal attended. Despite all that, TJ Capers, he's widely expected to pick the Louisville Cardinals tomorrow. I don't think I'm confident enough in Louisville or Miami or anybody else to put in a Dono ball for TJ Capers. But folks, um, I like to give you good news on this pod whenever we can. But, you know, I call a spade a spade. I'm not all that confident in Capers picking Miami tomorrow. There's been a lot of smoke for Louisville. Now, his top five includes Louisville, Miami, USC, that's Southern Cal, not South Carolina, Georgia, and Colorado. Now, the buzz from a Louisville side of it is that Capers is enamored with Louisville's defensive system. Apparently, he's built a great rapport with their new coaching staff there. Um, but it, it is interesting because not all of the big recruiting services are as bullish on the Cardinals as a certain one is, because I think it is worth noting that most of the projections that are linking capers to Louisville come from rivals on three does give Miami a slight lead in their tracker. They consider Miami the leader, uh, 24 seven sports, uh, does as well. But multiple experts at Rivals have dropped their version of a two. I may say multiple. That means more than one. Two of the Rivals experts, uh, including one of the ones who covers uh, Miami, has dropped their version of a crystal ball to Louisville, not Miami. So if Capers were to pick the Cardinals, he would actually become Louisville's highest ranked recruit of all time. <laughs> this is one of the uh, one of the top players in the 2024 class. He's a five star. So my take on this situation is, and, you know, we're all, I'm sure, going to be tuned in, whether you're watching the Army All-America game or you're just following on Twitter to see who he commits to. We're all going to be paying attention to this tomorrow. My take is that, hey, it would definitely, it would be a tough blow to see a Columbus High School standout pick a school other than Miami, given the proximity and given the Coach Cristobal factor. It would be a blow, but... 
his recruitment would be far from over. Let me remind you, Capers, we're not talking about a class of 2023. Like, this is not somebody who's about to sign a national letter of intent. TJ Capers is a class of 2024 player, meaning he cannot sign an NLI for over 11 months. <laughs> he can't sign until around, what, December 20th, 21st, 22nd of next year. Uh, I don't know exactly why Capers has decided to announce a verbal commitment this early in the process, while most of the 2024s are going to be waiting until summer at the earliest. Now, from his side of it, um, you know, you can announce whenever you want to, but his recruitment's going to keep going on. Uh, I can understand why the schools would want him to announce early, whether it's Louisville or Miami or anyone else, because, you know, you get a five-star commitment 11 plus months before national signing day, this can help you build momentum to land other players. So if it is Louisville or if it is Miami that he's going to be committing to tomorrow, you can understand why the schools love it. They love it if they can get a verbal commit this early in the process, because that can help you turn up some momentum to land some other players. But from the point of view of the young man, you're deciding this early, you're definitely going to be in position to potentially flip down the road. And obviously, whoever he commits to, the the choice of those other schools or the preference of those other schools in his finals list would be to try to flip him between now and next December. So yeah, no matter who TJ Capers chooses to commit to tomorrow, it's not going to stop the other schools in his top five from going hard the rest of the way for one of the best players in the country. TJ Capers is the seventh ranked overall player in the entire class of 2024. And he's right here in the backyard. Okay. And when I first caught wind a couple days ago, the Capers would be announcing so early on January 7th. I had assumed that he'd probably be announcing Miami since Miami is by far the school that he's most familiar with. Um, but it looks like he may be putting on a Louisville hat tomorrow. And I certainly hope I'm wrong about this one. So uh, we will see if TJ Capers does put on the Miami hat on Saturday. That means we're going to have a special episode of Locked on Canes where we get to say welcome to the U. If he puts on the Louisville hat, I don't know, maybe uh, Locked on Louisville is going to have a welcome to the Ville episode. <laughs> we'll see how this plays out for Capers. But remember, guys, and this goes both ways. Even if he does choose Miami tomorrow, his recruitment is far from over and other schools are going to try to get in and poach him, including Colorado's one of the finalists, Coach Prime. <laughs> Coach Prime is going to be calling him every single day like he calls Cormani McLean every single day. Uh, but if he does choose Louisville, then that's not going to stop Mario Cristobal uh, and Charlie Strong from trying to recruit this player. So we will see what happens with TJ Capers. We're going to move on from 24, 2024 recruiting to 2023 transfer portal because, folks, this is going to be a very important weekend coming up. Miami has multiple visitors coming in from the portal. They've extended an offer to a wide receiver. We know how badly Miami needs wide receivers. So we're just getting started. We have a lot to talk about here on Locked on Canes. So you keep it locked. Folks, I hope you're locking in your Built Bar orders or you're heading out to a certain major retailer where you can now buy Built Bars looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories. You've got to try a built bar. 
we just got through the holidays. I know my goal uh, for the last over a year has been to eat healthier. And that's my goal again this year. I'm trying to, you know, trying to shed some of that holiday weight that I just added. But you don't want to compromise taste. I've just got the thing for you. You got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you're not even going to know that they're good for you. They're perfect for your New Year's resolution. But what makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond. I'm not sure how Built does it. Uh, I don't know the science of it, guys. But these bars, they taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now, you don't even have to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been telling you about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com, and you can still do that, but now... You can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. How about that? Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-box, four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. And yeah, you can thank me later. I love me some Built Bars. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. We are part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So the Miami Hurricanes have a handful of transfer portal visitors coming in. And the one that gets me most excited is Kentucky defensive tackle Justin Rogers. Justin Rogers is visiting this weekend. Six foot three, 332 pound defensive tackle. He started every game this season for Kentucky in the SEC, okay? Now, Steve Wiltfong from 24-7 Sports, he was the first to report that Rodgers is going to be visiting Coral Gables this weekend. Uh, Now, Rodgers, he perfectly fits the size profile. Um, Seems like he checks off boxes when it comes to character and leadership because everybody out of Kentucky has nice things to say about Rodgers, and this is not a player that they wanted to lose. Okay, like sometimes you hear about certain players hitting the transfer portal for a change of scenery and the fan bases there are like, yeah, you know what? Go on, go out there, go try something new. That's that's not the case uh, with Rodgers, who, by the way, um, a couple of years ago was a, a five star recruit and one of the top two players in Kentucky's recruiting class. So uh, this past season in Kentucky, he recorded 35 tackles, one and a half TFL, had a half sack in 2022. His best games were against Georgia. It's nice to have a good game against a good team like that. And also against Vanderbilt combined for 15 tackles in those games. Uh, Now with Rodgers, you hear those stats and you're like, well, 35 tackles, just a half a sack. I don't think these stats tell the full story with Rodgers because of the, the system that he played in as a nose tackle. Rodgers' primary job at Kentucky was to occupy multiple blockers and free up other defenders to make plays. He's very effective as a space eater and as a physical force. Uh, I mentioned he's a former five-star recruit. He's out of Detroit, Michigan. 
Um, Miami is going to have to fight off competition for Rodgers. Now, I mentioned Steve Wiltfong reported he is visiting Miami this weekend. That Obviously, that, that's a reliable reporter, and that report has been confirmed since that point. So he is coming this weekend. Miami is going to have to fight off competition, though, from the likes of LSU. He's visiting LSU before he arrives in Miami, so I would imagine he's probably there right now uh, on Friday at the time I'm talking about this, Okay. And Rodgers, and this may kind of depend on how the visits go for him this weekend. Like if he were to decide by the end of the weekend, you know what? I love Miami. I've I've seen what I need to see. Hopefully that's going to be the case. But, you know, he might also next weekend visit Alabama and Auburn. So, yeah, Miami's going to have to fight off top competition from the SEC. And he already knows the SEC well, having played there in Kentucky. Um, You know, he obviously needs to realize, and I know that coaches are going to tell him this repeatedly during his visit, you know, Miami has a big-time need at defensive tackle. I don't think Miami's going to use the word desperation with him (laughs) because that's not a great sales pitch, but I'm going to say Miami, they're borderline desperate for big-time help at defensive tackle. They've already gotten a good one in this transfer portal cycle in Thomas Gore, But like I said yesterday, we got Gore, but we need more, okay? We need more than just Gore. Um, You know, and and Rodgers, if he comes to Miami, just like he did at Tennessee, he'll probably end up being a starter here alongside Leonard Taylor. Uh, And even if he's not a starter, he's going to get plenty of reps because Miami rotates their defensive tackles a lot. He would get a lot of snaps and plenty of playing time if he comes to Miami. And this is... You know, Miami is always going after players or trying to go after players with SEC type size. And he literally is a former SEC defensive tackle with SEC type size. So, yeah, I will say it uh, for the former five star recruit out of Detroit, Michigan. If Miami can land Rodgers in the portal after already landing Thomas Gore, who does not have SEC size, but he's a it was a very, very productive player at G5 and I think he's going to be a lot better than a lot of Miami fans think because if you judge him by his six foot tall 270 pound size you are I think you're you're painting an unfair picture of what Gore can provide but if Miami can land Justin Rogers in the portal after already landing Thomas Gore in my mind the loss of Daryl Jackson and Jordan Miller will be more than made up for Like, I would argue you lose Daryl Jackson and Jordan Miller, but you replace them with Justin Rogers and Thomas Gore. I would consider Miami's defensive line to be in even better shape last year. At least defensive tackle rotation would be in better shape next year than it was last year. So that's where I'm at. Uh, This is a player that I absolutely covet. I hope Miami can get a verbal commitment, whether it happens tomorrow or Sunday, or it happens after he's made all his visits and and weighs all his options. I really hope Miami is able to land a commitment from Justin Rogers, because this is a player that can absolutely help at a big time position of need. Okay. So elsewhere in the transfer portal, uh, I don't know if he's visiting anytime soon, but Miami has made an offer to Michigan transfer wide receiver, Andrell Anthony. Fits the size profile somewhat. Uh, you know, if I could be really picky, I want somebody who's six foot five. But Andrew Anthony, outside receiver, six foot two, about 180 pounds, a lot of talent and potential. Um, he wasn't consistent, though, the last couple of years at Michigan. That's worth pointing out. 
This season, 2022, he caught just seven balls for 80 yards. Uh, didn't seem to miss any time due to injury, by the way, because I, you know, when you see that stat, only seven catches for 80. How many games did he miss? It looked like he played in every game or just about every game. I went through his game logs from last year at Michigan. So it was just, it was just a season where he wasn't really a factor uh, in Michigan's offense. And that's probably why he wants to get out and try something new. He wants to find an offense where he can feature a little bit more and get that change of scenery. So 2022 wasn't a great year for him as a sophomore, but it's worth pointing out in 2021, he had a pretty good freshman season, including uh, an incredible standout game that a lot of you probably remember. Cause I recall watching this game a couple of years ago uh, in 2021, Andrell Anthony had an incredible game against Michigan State that year. He caught six passes for 155 yards. Uh, that season, as a freshman in Ann Arbor, he caught 248, or he he had 248 receiving yards and three touchdowns that year. So that's a you know one really really great game, but a promising freshman season overall. And yeah, as a freshman in 2021, you remember who his offensive coordinator was? His offensive coordinator that first year was Josh Gaddis. So can Josh Gaddis, and listen, I'm not even 100% sure that Gaddis is back next year, but for argument's sake, let's just assume he is back and he has been on the recruiting trail. Can Gaddis get his former player to rejoin him in Miami uh, if he can't get Andrew Anthony to join him down in Miami? This might, this might tell you uh, how much Andrew liked or didn't like Gaddis when he played for him in 2021. So that'll be an interesting one to see how it plays out. And, you know, when we talk about wide receivers, uh, yes, Dante Thornton out of Oregon is absolutely still a Miami target. Like I, I mentioned a couple of receivers yesterday, but did not mention Dante Thornton. I get a bunch of questions on Twitter and on the YouTube chat like, Dono, did we give up on Thornton? Did Thornton commit somewhere else? What's going on? Yeah, Dante Thornton, six foot five, 200 pounds. He's still a target for Miami. Uh, and I think it's safe to say that he's probably still Miami's top choice out of uh, all the receivers they've been pursuing in the transfer portal. He made his visit to Miami back in mid-December. Uh, he and Mario Cristobal seemed to have a good relationship going back to their time together at Oregon, and Mario recruited him out of Oregon. In fact, he had his best season was his freshman year when Mario was the head coach. Uh, but with Thornton, I don't know how this is going to play out. Uh, I would like to think I like Miami's chances here, but he is getting courted and wined and dined by some top programs in the SEC. Thornton has been very sought after. He visited, Ar he visited Arkansas earlier this week. Uh, he's visiting Tennessee shortly, and I know the Vols really want him, as Miami really wants him. You know, Miami had a ton of traction, like, early in the process for Thornton. So, certainly, if we end up missing out on Dante Thornton, I would absolutely consider that an L for Miami in the portal. So hopefully we can land him. And hey, if we can't, uh, Andrell Anthony uh, hopefully could end up being like a, a solid plan B. There's a Sturdivant, the receiver out of Cal, who's very sought after because uh, he was really productive at Cal. Yeah, hopefully Miami pursues him as well because he's probably even better on the field than Dante Thornton is. So, you know, we, we will see. We will see how this one will play out because, yeah, outside receiver uh, is Miami's next biggest need after defensive tackle. That's like a 1A, 1B thing. You might even argue that receiver is an even bigger need than defensive tackle. So we cannot come out of this portal 
empty-handed at outside receiver. And I think then the next big target after wide receiver is center. And Miami absolutely wants UCF center Matt Lee, who's in the transfer portal. Uh, we will talk about Lee. And I want to give you my take on the other visitors coming up this weekend because it's not just Rodgers from Kentucky coming in. We will talk about that more when we return on another Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Available free wherever you get your podcasts and, yeah, available free on YouTube. So whether you're listening to us on an audio platform, make sure to subscribe. If you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that thumbs up button. Smash that like button before you stop watching today. Uh, so, uh, again, um, Matt Lee, UCF Transfer Center is in the portal. We spoke to you guys, may have caught this episode yesterday, but we spoke about Lee yesterday with Brian Smith from Fan Nation who covers UCF. He knows Lee very well, and um, he had nothing but nice things to say about this player. Brian told me that Lee is a stalwart, that was the word he used, who quickly earned a starting center job at UCF and one of the better centers in the country. And, you know, his stats back that up, right? Per pro football focus, Matt Lee was the highest graded offensive player on UCF's entire team this year. Uh, Brian Smith described Matt Lee as a power player, naturally strong. He's about 300 pounds. Uh, he's best at going straight forward, drive blocking, and knocking a dude back. He's also intelligent, can set the line calls, and he can do just about anything you need to help your quarterback. That's what Brian said. He will do anything you need to help a quarterback. And yeah, if Matt Lee, if he decides to come to Miami, and Miami is pursuing him heavily by all accounts, uh, I predict that if Lee comes to Miami, he's going to end up winning Miami's starting center job next year. He would compete with Ja'Kai Clark for that. And Lee, he's not just a one-year guy. He's got two years of eligibility left. And if you can add Lee to your line along with just adding JV on Cohen and, you know, you've got five true freshman O-linemen coming in. And I believe two of them, at least two of them can play immediately in Maui Goa and Okun Lola. If you can add, you know, you've added JV on Cohen, Maui Goa, Pancake Honcho. If you can also add Matt Lee, this is going to go down as an O-line revolution for Miami. And it should easily be probably the most improved unit on the entire team from one year to the next. Maybe running back could be that as well if everybody can stay healthy. But running back and offensive line could be the two most improved units on the entire team next year. Now, Miami is also getting visits this weekend. We've talked about these a little bit throughout the week, right? I mentioned Justin Rogers from Kentucky defensive tackle. He's visiting Miami. We came to find out about that one yesterday. Earlier in the week, we found out about Iowa cornerback Terry Roberts is going to be visiting this weekend. Solid player. Had a 79.9 grade in coverage last year. That's excellent. Uh, and you know what? For a very simple reason, I am going to drop a Dono ball for Miami landing Roberts in the transfer portal simply because uh, Roberts' father, Terry Sr., he showed up in our YouTube live chat earlier this week, and he said his son is going to be a cane. So let's see how it plays out that way, because probably the only better source than Terry Roberts Sr. is, of course, Terry Roberts Jr., and we're probably going to find out coming out, coming out of this weekend whether he commits to Miami or not. Uh, and I know that 
cornerback is it's not a glaring need like we've talked about glaring needs defensive tackle outside receiver uh center is you know somewhat of a glaring need maybe not that glaring but Cristobal wants another center to come in cornerback may not be as much of a glaring need but I think the opportunity you have with a player like Roberts would be to get someone who is just really solid on the field um, and really intelligent and a good leader, just one year of eligibility left. So the scholarship is only a one year commitment for him and from him. And, you know, when you've got what's going to be a young cornerback room next year, right? You've got a lot of new blood coming in. It's good to have veteran leaders like this. And, you know, when you get the opportunity to add a solid player who's also got he's very long in the tooth, was a class of 2018 guy. So he's been at the collegiate level for a long time. You take that opportunity to add some just solid depth and solid leadership to a unit. So I think it would be a good move to get him here. Uh, another player who's visiting this weekend is Arkansas defensive tackle Isaiah Nichols. Uh, now, Rodgers out of Kentucky would definitely be my priority out of Nichols. So I don't know if Nichols is a plan B or if Miami, maybe they can land them both. And I guess we wouldn't complain about that. But if I can only have one or the other, I would consider Nichols to be the plan A for Rodgers being my plan B. And, you know, just uh, to kind of put a bow on the way the transfer portal has gone so far for Miami, I want to give you my take on it. And I also I wrote about this. Uh, in a in a column I wrote last night for allhurricanes.com. So I would encourage you to check that out because I do every now and then I wax poetic in a in a text format at allhurricanes.com. And you guys need to be on that website. Um, so some fans have become a little bit frustrated that Mario Cristobal in Miami, that they haven't added a larger number of transfers to this point. Like they, they've added some quality transfers. They've landed four guys to this point. Javion Cohen at that time was the best offensive lineman available. Thomas Gore statistically was the best defensive lineman available. Francisco Maui Goa was the top rated linebacker available in the portal. And Devontae Brown, the cornerback out of UCF, is really solid. So Miami has done well to this point, but I, I think a lot of fans just look at the numbers like you've got 18 outgoing in the portal. And I think that number is going to continue to grow and only four incoming. So like the math, the net gain versus net loss, the ratio doesn't look that good. But I think people forget the transfer portal is not a couple of day long or even a couple of week long thing. Um, the winter window of the transfer portal is going to stay open until January 18th. So we have almost two more weeks to go of this thing. And as you may have noticed, not all of the quality players hit the portal immediately. Like a guy like Dante Thornton, JV on Cohen. Yeah, they hit the portal basically right away when it opened. But we've seen quality players now, like guys like Anthony Lucas and Demario Tolan, who I don't think is going to be a Miami target, but just an example to give you uh, the Cal wide receiver, J. Michael Sturdivant, who's a quality player. Like these guys waited until January to hit the portal a lot of players out there instead of hitting the portal in December actually waited until after their team's bowl games to exit and some will still make that exit so Miami's approach and Miami does have a limited number of scholarships even though they've had a bunch of guys already hit the portal they've signed a big freshman class and I think as of right now they only technically have three scholarships available out of 85 so they can probably free up more 
with further turnover in the transfer portal because I think more players will hit the portal. But they're only really working with three spots right now. And honestly, I do not mind Cristobal being selective and patient, right? Because, you know, when you only have a certain number of spots you can fill scholarship-wise and you have some serious needs uh, that we've talked about, you want to make sure you're not just adding bodies for the sake of adding bodies. And Miami certainly hasn't done that to this point because all four of the players that they brought in are all quality players at their positions. Um, and I, you know, when you're trying to fill some of these important needs, I think Cristobal wanted to wait until he gets sort of the full tapestry and the full picture of what's going to be available. Um, so again, like I'm, I'm not saying this to like make excuses for why they've only had four guys come in and they've, they've missed on some players that looked like, Hey, that guy would have looked good in the Miami hurricanes uniform. I'm not saying Miami's transfer portal has been perfect. Uh, Florida State has kind of been wiping the floor with everybody. They've done really well in the portal. Miami's taken kind of a slower, more patient approach. But again, if you can come out of, you know, the next 12 days, if you can land someone like Justin Rogers or Dante Thornton, or if you don't land Thornton, maybe you land uh, Andrell uh, Anthony out of Michigan, you know, this could still end up being a really, really, positive transfer portal for Miami. And I'm, I'm not going to jump to any conclusions before January 18th. And also, you know, the portal is going to be open until January 18th. Then it opens back up in May. It opens back up for a 15 day stretch in the month of May. Cause then there are going to be other players and possibly very good players around the country who are going to come out of spring football at their program and say, you know what, uh, this isn't really going the way that I wanted it to go. And I think I might want to take my talents elsewhere. So there's going to be an opportunity to grab players in the month of May as well. So let's be patient. Let's see how this plays out. And we'll keep you updated. Anything happens, you know, you can find us here on Locked on Canes. I ain't too hard to find. Is that what, uh, is that what Deion Sanders said? I feel like I'm butchering that quote. By the way, did you see Deion? Cold-blooded, man. You see him kick Mark Pope off the team? off Jackson state on reality TV. Like, dude, I mean, I, I haven't spoken about it. To, I did tweet about it a couple of times, but I haven't spoken about it on the show to this point, because if I talk about like Dion doing something that didn't look good to me, I know people are just going to say, Oh, you just hate Dion. Cause he's trying to steal Cormani McLean. You're bitter. You have an agenda. Honestly, uh, when you remove a player from a team, I strong when you're talking, especially about college players, because, yeah, you, we've seen stuff like this happen on hard knocks, which is also very uncomfortable, even for professional players. You're talking about kicking a player off a college team, not only in a room with 84 of his teammates and all of the assistant coaches in the room in front of Coach Prime. That's humiliating enough. It's also being filmed from Amazon Prime documentary like. It was a little cringe to me, honestly. I, I didn't think, you know, it, it definitely does make you feel like Deion Sanders cares more about his brand than about, you know, what he's actually doing as a football coach. That's the way it appears. I don't know the man personally, uh, but that's the way that, it you know, when, when you when you capture a moment like that, which is one of the worst moments in that young man's life, you capture that in front of the reality TV cameras so you can boost your Amazon Prime ratings and profile that makes it look like you are prioritizing the TV over your actual coaching. And I thought it was a bad look. Uh, so, you know, if you guys have any questions about that or you want to agree with me or argue with me, 
you can drop us a note on Twitter at Locked on Canes. And if you follow us at Locked on Canes, we will follow you back. And we'll talk to you again next time. Thank you for making us your first listen. Make sure you make Locked on College Basketball your second listen. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We will talk to you guys again next time on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.